I got the MRI. And he said, oh, yeah, you have MS. I'm like, that was the whole thing that was going on the whole time? Okay. What do I do now? <laughs> and I still did not let that stop me. It just slowed me down, but it, still, it didn't stop me. Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings, and welcome to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Koloskowski, and I'm here today with Delisa French. Welcome, Delisa. Hello. I am so glad you were willing to share your diagnosis journey with us. Can you tell me perhaps a little bit of what was physically wrong with you that you began talking to doctors about a diagnosis? Okay. I gave birth to my daughter in 1999. And over 10 years, I just occasionally I experienced numbness, tingling in my, in my left hand. But I was a bank teller. So I thought it was... um. Because I kept counting money so much, so often I was doing that for six years, and then, um, and I also was in college. So because when I had um, um, not not uncontrollable but just sporadic incontinence, I um I just thought it was because um because I was so busy. I was dealing with my daughter. I was dealing with school. I was dealing with work. I was dealing with just everything. So even though I, I did tell my doctor that, um, they didn't express any concern. They just they agreed with me. They said, Oh, you're so busy, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing everything. <laughs> so you were your you were your own worst enemy because you went exactly. in and you told you told the doctor what was wrong and why it was wrong. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. But ten years, I can't, I can't believe it. But it, it wasn't as often as um, like every year. I mean, every month I was um, do, having those symptoms. It was really, literally every once in a while, like once a year, and it would be something different every time it was once a year. So, and I, I don't know if it's in my file or not. So, um, in 1998 December, I was, I felt like I was um sleeping wrong. I kept waking up and my back was kind of hurting, but I thought it was because I was just kind of sleeping crooked. Yeah. But um, I went and I went to the doctor and they gave me a um, referral for a chiropractor. Chiropractor said I needed to have some adjustments. So I said, okay. I, I did. I had, so I had adjustments. I was fine. So then my left toe was getting numb, my left hand, I had more numbness more often. That's what made me, that's what the alert was, more often. And then I went to urgent care. This is me driving my stuff, driving myself. <laughs> yep. Me with the stick shift, driving myself. Um, but I was able to do it. And then I also, in 2004, when I graduated college, I experienced slight vertigo, but when I could control it, when I could do a countdown, like I, I if I would go left to right, look left to right, uh-huh. or suddenly sit up, 
I would experience vertigo for, I would be dizzy, dizzy for five seconds. So when I counted down, because I could count it down, I kind of rusted off. That's interesting because most people don't have vertigo that just lasts for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they always just did that for five seconds. I went to go get braces for a second time on my teeth. I went to the, when I went to the orthodontist, they back for them to, to work on my mouth. I told them, I said, okay, pull me up slowly. So they put in my file. Cause I said I would I would get dizzy. If they did it too fast. But again, I, for whatever reason, when I told my, I did tell the doctor this. I was with HMO, and I did tell the people at the HMO this. Several of the doctors, and um, they didn't really say anything. They just kind of brushed it off again. Did they give you anything like besides go to a chiropractor or? Here, take these pills or just be this. It's stress or, yeah. Mm-mm, not at all. Because I, I came into the doctor's office and I'm walking in my high heels. So I guess they, I, this is my assumption. I don't know for a fact. This is my assumption. They were like, oh, she's fine. So in December 2008, I experienced tingling on my hands, tingling on my toes. So when I went to urgent care, I just wanted to find out what was going on. And they said, they were giving, giving me suggestions like, mm, you may have had a stroke. I said, okay. That's a frightening thought. Exactly. I was 20, 29 years old. So they gave me a referral to a neurologist, a neurologist. And that neurologist, I went to him. He gave me um an EKG ESG is the EEG the electro or EMG the electromyelogram where they yes, put the electrical the, currents yeah yes where they put those things this the path uh, up and down my arms and around my body yeah they test the current in your body how well the transmission of that flows in your nerve endings or your muscles or or that's testing your muscles yeah yes so they did that and sent me home and that was it so um there was no uh information as far as the follow-up it was was, um everything's okay oh my gosh i know so six months later me and my daughter, we went to Virginia, Virginia Beach to visit my cousin. At that time, I had long locks. So at that time, I had my, I cut my hair. I had my cousin cut off my hair, cut off my locks. And that was fine. Just wanted something new. And so I drove back home, which is three hours, and everything was fine. But I had to work an event the next day. I worked um, sitting at a table, had a display, because I did presentations for public health emergency preparedness. Wow. So that's the program I work for. And um, I was feeling dizzy. The, the, The vertigo, oh, it was like 90 degrees outside. Memorial Day. It was really, really hot. And 
I didn't know I was feeling so dizzy. So um, I drove myself to the hospital and I just said, I'm just so dizzy. And I just, just want to find out what's wrong. So after being there eight hours, because my daughter was at home with my cousin, and I was there eight hours, and um, they gave me a CAT scan. The CAT scan said, we think you have some type of demyelinization disorder. And um, that that's completely beyond me. Like, I had no idea what they were talking about. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can you say that in English, please? Say it in language you I understand. You see how long it took me, that, baby. And you see how long it, <laughs> how long it took me just now. I'm like, mm, okay. And then I said, "What is that?" And the nurse said, "Was that possible?" No, the doctor said that possibly, possibly could be multiple sclerosis. At this point, were you familiar with MS, or did you know Absolutely. anyone that had? Well, very, very vaguely familiar, as in like my thirteenth cousin, who was very distant cousin, but we're we're close. But she's very distant biologically. Um, she is literally thirteen generations away, but she has MS, and I didn't totally know that. It's just something that may have been briefly said. Like as a conversation because she's very asymptomatic. Those people who look so good, yeah. Later on, her doctor told her that she had the. I'm sorry, you. I have. I'm doing air quotes. She had the good MS. <laughs> There's a good MS. Wow. And she was like, "Good MS. What's a good MS?" Because I still experience stuff. Because they said she had more red blood cells, which I still don't understand that. That has nothing to do with MS. Exactly. <laughs> that has to do with whole blood and platelets and infections exactly. and all that other stuff. Yeah. Wow. So you got your you got your diagnosis finally in two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. And this is this is really a kicker. They sent me to a neurologist. It was the same neurologist that I went to before. They gave me that um electro things. EMG. Yes. It was the same neurologist then, because this is six months after the, after that. The same guy who sent you away at, without any answers. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And so he saw the right up from the um, hospital, and he said, okay, um, I'm going to send you for an MRI. I got the MRI and came back to him, and he said, oh, yeah, you have a mess. I'm like, that was the whole thing that was going on the whole time. Okay. What do I do now? <laughs> so um, he said, I can give you uh, information about some medicine. And he gave me some stuff to read read on. So um, I got the information. And of course, we go, what did they have? The ABC drugs. The first thing he gave me was Avonex. Avonex. Yep. And I was like, well, at the, t- at the time, it wasn't that I was in the denial. Is that I was just so doggone busy. So I pushed it off to the side. Do you feel like the doctors took you seriously when you came with your symptoms? or? Oh, no, absolutely not. Mm-mm. To people, Delisa, that are maybe on their own MS diagnosis journey, do you have any advice for them as to what they should or should not do? 
and pursuing answers? It's unfortunate, but it's the truth. Be your own advocate. You really have to ask questions because literally if you are Medicaid, Medicare, insurance, whatever, they're being paid by you. So they work for you. They have to answer your questions and you have to keep shielding them. Because even if you don't know, if you have any um, concern about whatever you're going through, express that to whatever healthcare professional and until you can't say anymore because you need to tell them that. They need to understand that. Tell them to document it. I mean, you could be polite. Definitely be polite. You get more answers with, with sugar than with salt. Please, I'm expressing this concern. I'm expressing what's going on with me. Please document this in my file so that there can be a trace of what has occurred once you have presented to the doctors. And I think that's excellent advice because we know part of the diagnosis of MS is taking a history of symptoms Mm -hmm. and history of how the disease has affected you or how it may or may not have progressed over time. So that is just excellent advice to tell people to be sure that it's documented in their records, even if they don't have a diagnosis yet. Mm -hmm. Did you have anything else you want to add to your story here before we sign off? As far as my MS, it's a custom blessing. I dealt with it. Of course, I'm never not going to deal with it, but I still have my MS. But the mind, mind progressed to secondary progressive, and I still did not let that stop me. It just slowed me down, but it, still, it didn't stop me. My daughter graduated high school, and then when she graduated high school in 2017, I retired. So I went to early retirement, which was fine with me. But um, she went to college, and she's going to graduate next year. Oh, how exciting for you and the family. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. Well, people, there you have it. We've been talking with Delisa French about her MS diagnosis journey. Sounds like it was quite a journey for her, and I like her advice the most of be your own advocate. We've heard that over and over. So by now, hopefully you understand how important that is. I'm Laura Kulaskowski, your host. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and look future episodes. And thank you, Delisa, for joining us today. You've been very gracious in sharing your story. Thank you.